I think the more interesting problems is problem is uh, when you have many different kinds of users, how do you structure the information so that everybody is getting just what they want and not too much? For example, in integration documentation like MuleSoft or um, a CDP platform like uh, uh, MParticle, some users aren't very technical, but they have to do a somewhat technical task. So breaking that down for them is gonna frustrate a very technical person who just needs you know, this bit of information or that bit of information to keep moving. So finding the right way to structure information or maybe even publishing it twice, you know, once for a non-technical person and once for a technical person. Those are very interesting problems and you do need standards and you do need to make decisions about it so that you do it consistently. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gowri Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day, everyone. Our guest today is Misty Berry, Principal Technical Writer, M Particle. Welcome, Misty, to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast today. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Great, great. So, Misty, please help us understand a little bit more about yourself and how did you get into this uh, documentation space? Who's your motivator and how is it going on so far? Sure. Well, I got my very first technical writing job at a party. I was uh, one of only two girl geeks at a tech, at a theater, a party full of theater people. And so we got to talking and she's like, oh, you should come over to Sybase. I, I think we could use you as a writer. I had a degree in linguistics um, uh, that I just earned, so uh, that was helpful. And uh, shout out to Elizabeth Hendrickson, who got me my first technical writing job. And uh, so I've seen the when I started, client server was a big deal. And then, of course, SaaS came along, and I was lucky enough to be at Salesforce for most of that revolution. Um, and I can't wait to see what's coming next. Uh-huh. Nice. It's a it's a different story, Misty. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And uh, I did notice that uh, you have mentioned you use Git for your work, right? Mm -hmm. And I I presume Git is for more for individual use. And are you using GitHub when it comes to collaborating with your teams and outside? Oh yes, GitHub is the uh, tool that we use to access our Git repos. Absolutely. And then we use Visual Studio Code to actually author. Oh, brilliant. Can you help us understand a bit more about your documentation process? And uh, uh, and also, is it more like a public documentation or a private one? Sure. Um, there's this small set of private documentation for our partners. Um, but most of, like 90% of our content is all publicly available. Uh, it helps sell the product as well as... Uh, orient users who've already purchased our product. Uh, we have one main uh, documentation site, doc.mparticle.com. And we, the support group has just spun up a knowledge base in Zendesk. Mm -hmm. So um, that, that project isn't under my control or management, um, but it's very important. It, uh, we, and we sort of early on decided that information that uh, was not corner cases, but maybe specific to a particular integration, a particular partner would probably live there. 
uh, or information that's short lived. Like we, we know that this process needs a little extra explanation, but we expect that need to go away soon, that kind of thing. Because we didn't want people to have to always guess, should I look in the knowledge base or should I look at the public doc, you know, at the main doc. Right. What is your process? And um, because you said it's more public documentation, I'm sure there must be few steps going going on to before it gets published. So can you help us understand how does the process work and where at what stage do you get involved in understanding the releases or new updates? Uh, absolutely. So we have multiple processes depending on what kind of thing is being documented. The most the thing that takes most of our time and gets most of our focus is when a new when a feature is new or it's being substantially enhanced. Then we get involved very early with the product manager um, while they're uh, you know nailing down exactly how this feature is going to work before it's handed off to engineering. Uh, so we try to get involved at that point. And UX is involved at the same time, and we're really close partners with UX. So we attend meetings and we follow the progress of the project. Uh, we estimate the doc size as soon as we can. Um, and then we often won't start writing until closer to when engineering starts because a lot of decisions can get, uh, you know, as they discover things, they might change their some decisions and all of that. But that's, that's basically the process. We try to get involved as early as possible. That doesn't always happen, right? But we try. Um, then, uh, uh, and Particle is a really, uh, I think, an interesting company in that we basically told the entire company, anyone can give us feedback on the docs and we want feedback. We have a Slack channel. If someone works in Git, then they can just fix the bugs they see, throw up a doc that's uh, called a pull request on GitHub to us and we can approve it or enhance it or, or say, you know what, this isn't actually true, <laughs> which happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, or if they're, and if they're not in Git, like maybe they do support or they're in marketing or even HR anywhere, um, they can put a quick note with a link to the doc where they think there's an error and then we'll follow up. And uh, I've never worked at a company where everyone uh, felt empowered to give feedback to the doc and actually does. I looked at our repo in preparation for this meeting and we had, there's two technical writers right now at our company but we had 80 contributors in the last year. Wow, mm -hmm. brilliant. And it's so nice to see a customer-centric company like yourself where you take the feedback very seriously and um, making sure the community is happy as well, right? So how do you yeah. measure the success of your documentation then? How do you know what you have written is well consumed by your customers? Yeah, so that is always such an interesting challenge in documentation because a lot of the tools are built for marketing sites or commerce sites, right? In documentation, how do you know how long a customer should be looking at a page before they're like not finding their answer, right? So we have some indirect measures of, well, we have direct measures of quality, like how many uh, new bugs, bugs closed compared to bugs opened. Mm -hmm. And we are um, chewing away at our backlog at a good pace, and we always have more closed bugs than open. So we know that we're not creating more problems than we're solving, which is not the best measure of quality, but it's one of them. Uh, we watch the page views um, just to try to make sure that people aren't 
failing to find what we know is the most important content. Uh, and we also, we get, um, I think every company gets net promoter scores and sometimes we get comments back. Sometimes the comments aren't specific enough to be helpful, um, but uh, as our, and documentation typically doesn't actually affect the number of a net promoter score, but we go by the comments and the feedback. Um, See, so how else do we measure? Well, actually uh, we have uh, a tool called Indicative that's part of MParticle and it lets us measure things like, and I think other tools do too, the jump from topic to topic to topic. And so I have set a very specific goal. It's like we know some percent of our customers are jumping more than four times in a session. And we think that's, unless it's a tutorial, which is designed to go step one, step two, step three, we think that the leading indicator of not finding what you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're going to mention that. And we've actually, we have a project right now to redesign the developer documentation landing page. Um, and we expect that redesign to lower this number of clocks above four. Uh, we'll start there and then, you know, we'll find out. Uh, uh, but I wish there were more direct measures of quality, you know, completeness, uh, ease of use. I know there are tools like Full Story and I think other tools out there where you can actually see what the customer's doing. And yep. we hope to, to mine that as well. Um, but we're, we're just getting started on our metrics journey, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, great, great. And uh, I'm, I'm, I know that you are a great community contributed to. So, <laughs> being an active community member of Write the Talks community, what are your instant takeaways when it comes to community engagement? Sure, I think it's so important for us to share information across corporate boundaries, you know, as appropriate, so that we can grow the knowledge of technical writing in general. So we can really know where we're headed and what we should be doing. Because I think technical writing is a bit of a black box to many software companies. My knowledge is all around software companies. Of course, technical writing takes place for all kinds of products. but um, And we keep like in our individual silos solving the same problem over and over. And if we shared more information, which happens a lot on the Write the Docs Slack group and at the conferences, then we can improve standards. I mean, it would be lovely if someday people actually liked reading the documentation. <laughs> and I think we can get there. Yeah, great. And uh, how is it different from, uh, how is it different now from when you originally started it? Sure. Well, I'm going to show my age here. When I started, we had to, we had to worry so hard about getting everything exactly perfect which takes some time away from making it complete, right? Uh, because it got printed to a CD paper when I very first started and then to CDs. And it would be three or six months before you could take back any mistake. And now if you make an error, which does sometimes happen, you can fix it immediately. Or people whose day job isn't tech writing can fix it. Uh, it's very, very exciting. Uh, it's a little bit scary because uh -huh. I was, uh, you know, I'm an introvert and I'm used to working really hard on the thing right in front of me, but this broad plane of people who are contributing to the content is, is actually really exciting. 
Great, great. So I think both both of them has got its own advantages and disadvantages, right? <laughs> exactly. Great. Uh, knowledge sharing is promoted in organizations to break the silos. And there's always a debate between how much information should be shared, right? So in your opinion, do technical writers have to follow certain guidelines when it comes to knowledge sharing across boundaries or different departments? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. So there's, of course, there's always, um, you know, security and uh, security issues and uh, which is one set of problems. The, I think the more interesting problems is, problem is uh, when you have many different kinds of users, how do you structure the information so that everybody is getting just what they want and not too much? For example, in integration documentation like MuleSoft or um, a CDP platform like uh, uh, MParticle, some users aren't very technical, but they have to do a somewhat technical task. So breaking that down for them is gonna frustrate a very technical person who just needs you know, this bit of information or that bit of information to keep moving. So finding the right way to structure information or maybe even publishing it twice, you know, once for a non-technical person and once for a technical person. Those are very interesting problems and you do need standards and you do need to make decisions about it so that you do it consistently. Um, but we're tr we're trying to uh, update our website right now so that we because Markdown, which is the language we write in, doesn't support reuse like uh, XML and Dita does. So, but you but you can fix that. So we're fixing that, and then we'll be able to take hunks of information, and we have to be uh, follow clear standards about how we chunk information so that you can reuse it. Right, if you put a link in it, for example that link might break if you use it in the wrong place. So yeah, these standards are really important when you're trying to do more interesting things. Mm -hmm. Sorry, and when it, with all these compliances and uh, making sure the only required data is being shared, it becomes even more important of what's being shared. Yeah, although it turns out even a developer, maybe they may be an expert in Java, but they're suddenly they're having to write a React app and then they're gonna need all the steps called out Maybe not in as glorious a detail as a non-tech, pardon me, a non-technical person, but um, yeah. So who's actually an expert is also an interesting question. <laughs> Great. So um, I would like to move to the rapid fire round questions. Um, okay. Great. Who have you learned the most about documentation from your career? Ah, there's a brilliant woman named Andrea Lezik. She was my first boss at Salesforce way back in the day. She's now the... COO or something like that at Salesforce. And uh, she was just brilliant. I watched her um, every time a problem would come up, she'd, she'd observe it, she'd form a hypothesis. Then we'd try a small version of a fix to see if that worked. And if that worked, then we would apply that fix to, you know, to all the writers. Um, and she was just brilliant. I think she's got a master's in linguistics or something. Mm -hmm. um, and she was also very quiet and very kind and uh, so I, I learned a lot working for her. 
Oh, brilliant. Thank you for that. <laughs> right. Now coming to the documentation related resources, I'm sure you must be um, reading a lot and contributing a lot as you are an active community player. Just help us with few resources to our audiences today. Oh, sure. So there's the, we talked about it already, the group called Write the Docs. Uh, you can find them online and they do have a Slack channel that you can join. Um, oh, I'm uh, temporarily a phasic. I can't remember his name. There's a brilliant guy who writes about API documentation online. I don't know what other written resources I use. I've been doing this too long. <laughs> I think but write the docs. It's a brilliant community. Yes, yes. It's a great place to start. And people are very welcoming to uh, people just starting to ask questions. Right. I'm very interested to know your answer for my next question, which is, what is that one piece of documentation related advice you would give to your 20 year old self? <laughs> ah, I think it would be, be prepared to forget everything you learned and replace it with something new about every five years. Don't get stuck on, you know, uh, back in the day, what was it? Information mapping. And I still use the concept path reference ideas but there was a lot more stuff that just got replaced by other things and we all went online so just if you don't like relearning most of your job every five years or so go find another job <laughs> mm -hmm. why five years particularly or is it just uh... oh that's just uh, my guesstimate at the cycles um nobody nobody even uses the phrase client server anymore and that stopped around 1995 so. <laughs> True. <laughs> Brilliant. Misty, I think we are almost towards the end of our podcast, but is there anything else you would like to add to, your, to our audiences today? Uh, I would just encourage everybody to, um, technical writing as a role can look very white and very uh, middle-aged, and but I would encourage anyone who has an interest in writing stuff that makes uh, sense of complicated things to give technical writing a try. We really want all the voices and all the people who are good at this to join this uh, profession because there's lots of room to grow. And I know it, it doesn't feel that way with the current recession. I mean, sorry, with the current layoff, but, um, but we really do need all the voices. Great. And I'm sure there are a lot of tools out in the market now which can make their life even more easier. Yes, yes. You get to write more and fight with tools less these days. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. As I said in the beginning of the podcast, um, it was a brilliant session we had and uh, all your contributions towards the community is really, really appreciated, Misty. So keep up the good work and we are looking forward for many more successes in your life. Oh, thank you. And thanks for this chance to share Knowledge-Based Ninjas. It's a very interesting site, very interesting podcast. Thank you. Have a good day, Misty. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge-Based Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.